Welcome back to Mothers in Construction. Today, I'm speaking with Natasha Melindres Knudsen. She is the president and CEO of Project Support Services, and she is going to discuss with us today the very important topic of being liked as a boss. I know a lot of us that have been in leadership positions have struggled with this topic, so please sit back, relax, and listen to her story. Don't forget to check us out every Thursday. Like and subscribe. Welcome everyone to Mothers in Construction. I have a special guest with me today. Hello, my name is Natasha Melendres Knutson. I am president and CEO of Project Support Services. I have been in business since 2008. I own a project management firm in the school construction industry, K through 12 higher education, and I am a mother in construction. <laughs> Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for participating with us today. I was, uh, again, my favorite place, y'all, to find people scrolling through Instagram. And I happened to see a post by you and it just really moved me. So before we get into that, um, I want you to tell the guests a little bit about yourself, um, your path to your career in construction and what prompted you to start your own business. Yeah. So long story short, the housing market crashed and I needed to find a job. So I was going through Craigslist and I found a job for a dispatcher at a engineering material and testing firm. I applied and it was really tough finding a job then. And I was able to do the interview, get a job during those tough times. And I fell in love with it because I was learning so many new things, but you know, it was really hard. I was making $15 an hour living on my own. Um, I got a second job at a bar working at night. So I would work seven to three, go home, take a nap, and then work eight o'clock till one o'clock in the morning, go home, take a nap, and then go back to work. So mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to do something better in construction that would make me more money. So I became obsessed with solving problems in our industry that school districts were facing called uh, project closeout and certification. And so I became obsessed learning about it. And then there came a point where I said, you know what, I could start my own business doing this. And I was 27 years old at the time. Um, I started as like a side hustle and I was 23. So I could quit that bar job. And by the time I was 27, I spoke with the owners and said, you know what, I'm going to go on my own. And I started my business. I I left and here I am 36 years old. Yeah, that long later. And I have seven employees and we're growing and I have two offices. And yeah, that's where I'm at today. And I'm thankful for that risk I took. <laughs> Oh, that is so amazing. You know, um, the episode previously, I actually spoke to a woman who is a business coach and her whole deal was when women start having a hard time or moms start having a hard time in the industry, they need to realize that another option is to start their own business. And I think it's so amazing that at 27, you said, hey, I can do this, you know, because we always underestimate what we know and how our tools can. It's like a blessing to someone else, you know, but that's great. Yeah. And, you know, I I didn't start the business as a mom. I never thought I was going to be a mother or getting or get married. Um, My dream was to have a bi-coastal life in New York. But, you know, as they say, God, universe has different plans for you. And so I met my husband after being in New York for a little bit. And I knew that was the plan for me. And so I became a mom two years ago, but I do have to say I am very thankful that I own my own business being a mother because I was able to take my son to work with me the first year and a half. I had a nursery set up. I hired a nanny and I never got to miss out on any life moments because my son was in the the room next to me and I got to watch him grow up. 
Oh, that is so wonderful. Wow. So I wanted to discuss this topic of your post that really stopped me in my tracks. And it was about being liked as a boss and just not even women. I think people, period, is very tough when you're in the position of being in a leadership position and when you care about others, because sometimes the care is a little bit too much. You have to learn how to separate the two. So if you can, please discuss the topic of being a boss and what your initial approach was for this, what went right and what went wrong. Yeah. So when I started my business, I wanted all my employees to like me because most of the bosses that I had, I didn't like and I did not respect. And Mm -hmm. I thought in order to be respected, you need to be liked. And that's not the truth. So I would avoid conflict. I would avoid tough conversations. And the more I did that later down the road, these employee and leadership role relationships would go very south because we went so long without having conflict that when it was finally we couldn't ignore the elephant in the room. It was just really bad. Mm -hmm. So the lesson I learned was, okay, you have to have healthy conflict. You have to have these tough conversations. And with that, people, especially, you know, your team are not always going to like the truth or you might not like the truth of what you hear from your employees and vice versa. And so I had to get comfortable being uncomfortable by not always being liked by my team. I came up with this term If my team likes and respect me 80% of the time and not 20, I'm winning. With this new team I have, I got comfortable not being liked all the time. Now, if they don't like you 80% of the time, there's a problem. They shouldn't be working for you. And you should see why they don't like you 80% of the time. But no one's going to like you 100%. Like nobody. Your spouse doesn't like you 100%. Like your kids <laughs> don't like you 100%. It same thing goes for your employees. Like they're not going to like you. But if they respect you and up to that point, that's good. So what went wrong was all of that. Always wanting to be liked and avoiding those tough conversations. And then what went right was when I finally accepted that being a leader, you're not always going to be everyone's favorite, but if they respect you in that aspect, that's where things do go right. And so right now with this current team I have that I rebuild based on those principles, we're winning. We're winning because we can have the tough conversations without worrying if we're going to be liked all the time by each other because we have respect for each other. Yes, that is so powerful. And one of the things I wanted to discuss too is that there's this saying that everyone always says, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. That is the most misused (laughs) saying ever, because although you may not care enough of what people think about you to have them change your view of yourself, most people care about what people think. A lot of people don't wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I just can't stand people. Everyone, just about everyone wants to be liked. So, you know, and then you get in these leadership positions and varying on whom is underneath you, if they're young, if they're close to your age, if they're older than you, you have this mindset of trying to please everybody. And I remember being in those positions and trying to establish somewhat of a, um, like a family relationship with the teams, Mm -hmm. which I think is very, very important, but you often get caught up in, all right, when do we draw that line? Because yeah, I'm cool. We can talk about everything under the sun, but when it's time to put down, for lack of better words, the discipline in it and the respect part of it, then how do you draw those lines? Because with some people, those lines are blurred. Right. And, you know, and I think that creates so much of a conflict with women and just people in a leadership positions because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You don't want to let anyone go. You're thinking about their families and, you know, their lives and things like that. But they have the 
ownership to think about their own life, right? And everybody right. has to step up to the table and everybody has to perform. So we have to enforce that. So you just hit it on the head. You just say, where's the line at? And line is another term for me for boundaries. And you as a leader have to make sure your team knows your boundaries. I am a very open door, easy leader to get along with. But sometimes new employees will think there's no boundaries and there are boundaries and there's boundaries within the team itself. There's boundaries with your family. There's boundaries with your in-laws. There's boundaries with your, there's boundaries with everyone, but you as a leader have to communicate where those boundaries are. And if someone gets close to it, there's nothing wrong with having a conversation saying, Hey, this is a boundary we have. I just want to make it very clear. Or, you know, I've seen some of my employees within each other. They don't know each other's boundaries and they're learning to have those discussions like, Ooh, like I know you made that joke, but I have a boundary with that and here's why. Mm-hmm. And it's just being open and honest and forefront about those boundaries. Yes, that definitely. And also I had a, a relationship um one of my projects with the young lady that was working underneath me. And I remember there was so many things that I wish were done better. And I probably didn't address them each day. And I think that sometimes I would wait until we were at the point of frustration because it was something that I just assumed like, all right, you should know this, you know. And she sat me down and she said, you know what, you got to let me know things at the time. I would prefer for you to let me know things at the time and don't wait until the end um, because that way I can grow each day with trying to meet your expectations, you know, and outside of the boundaries is also establishing what those expectations are. Because at the end of the day, especially when you're in a leadership position in teams, if everyone is not managing those expectations and you're the type of person that's going to pick up the slack, then who gets overwhelmed, you know? And then when you're overwhelmed, then all right, everybody watch out, (laughs) right? Because they're not going to want to deal with you because then you're stressed and then you're frustrated. Yeah. And that goes with clarity and alignment. You know, as a leader, you have to make sure the entire team is clear on the expectations and everyone's aligned. And if someone's out of alignment, what can you do as a leader to communicate and get them to see the vision of being in line and synergy with the team and with the project and with the problems and with you? Absolutely. A thousand percent. Right. So talk to us about, I guess, the the moment when you kind of said, you know what? I'm I'm just happy this not being liked 100% of the time because this is not working for me and it's not working for my business. Like when did you pivot and what is your approach today to being a boss? I pivoted this about a couple years ago when my team was falling apart. We had conflict. People stopped getting along. I can tell the culture was going south mm-hmm. and I'm like, this isn't working out. And I was like, okay, like why don't I want to have these conversations. Why do I want to be liked so much? And so I started doing the work and it just came to terms, you know, when I was younger, I was picked on as a kid and I wanted to be liked in high school and Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel validated all the time. Maybe I didn't get enough validation from my parents or acknowledgement or love. And so the other ways, usually as a youth, you seek those things as being liked by everyone. And then when you sort of grow up, not having certain foundational things in your life and pillars, um, you start to find that within people. And again, that goes to back to wanting to be liked and fear of not being liked because you don't want to be the key word alone. Mm-hmm. And so I had to overcome all of that because my biggest fear, even to this day, is being alone. 
being alone where people die or being alone where people leave me and being alone where I have no one to relate to. And so I thought if I keep being, um, you know, agreeable with everything that everyone's going to like me, we're all going to get along. But that's, that's not the truth. If you don't have conflict and healthy conflict, you have what I call artificial harmony. And that's Mm. what I had with my last team. We had artificial harmony. Wow. Artificial harmony. I like that. Uh, Yeah. So what is your approach today now? What do you do differently than what you've done before? I nip things in the butt in a respectable manner as soon as possible. So Mm -hmm. um, last year, my team gets a little comfortable with me at times and one of them crossed the line with a joke. And so I pulled them aside after the meeting and I just said, hey, that joke was really inappropriate, especially being the leader, like, here's why. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. And they never did it again. But I've learned too, it's like how you approach um, stuff as they arise. If you approach it in a manner of where you don't have them see where you're coming from and you don't see where they're coming from, you're not going to be able to work through it and earn each other's respect to move forward. Um, If you come in as a leader or a boss, like, well, I'm the boss of what I says go and you're fired and blah, 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 blah. People are going to leave and they're gonna, other team members are going to see that. Now, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel as a boss, as a leader, you do have to set the tone. So I did have one person on the team that was always throwing the rest of the team off. Um, the emotional intelligence was very low. And our team would look at this person like, what are you talking about? And so I had to have a conversation in front of everyone like, hey, like, where are you coming from with this? What is going on? And um, as a leader, I knew that was my call to do it in front of the team because they had to understand the tone that I was setting, what was appropriate for culture. Sometimes things are made inappropriately on teams, whether it's about race, religion, culture, background. We're not perfect. I have the most diverse company. I have African-American, Asian, Lebanese, Muslim. I have it all in my company. And we're a small team of seven slash eight. And I have all of that in my company. And Mm -hmm. so you can understand at times lines do get crossed, but we did unconscious bias training where we bring these things up in a respectable manner of talking about all of that. So like I said, I nip things as soon as it happens in a respectable manner and tone to get them to understand why. And then my team, without me, I can't play therapist between all of them. I've had them to have to practice communicating with one another because it's like your kids. If your kids are always going to fight, they're always going to come to be like, mom, dad, mom, dad, just like a boss and leader. And you can't have your employees putting you in the middle of everything. They have to learn how to resolve conflict amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, our culture at PSS is... We talk about it right when it happens. Because if you let it pass for too long, it doesn't get better from that point. That's very true. That is, that's yeah. very true. And and I think posture and position is also, you know, very important. As women in this industry, we can't be soft. We can't be pushovers. If we want to get anywhere, a lot of women in construction are known for just being like just stern. And a word that's that's not very <laughs> choice worthy for this um, podcast. But you know what I mean? And it's not oh, yeah. that. It's not it's not that it's not that you're trying to be like that is that we have yeah. to be strong and we have to ex- exude presence, you know, and we have to kind of just lay down that law or you're going to be taken advantage of. So it comes with the territory. You got to love us or leave us, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, 
Absolutely. I mean, you can't go the other way too of being exactly the one that rides the broom, I call it. Um, right. <laughs> you know, people won't respect you if you come off like that either. And then people won't respect you if you're a pushover. You have to, I tell women like be assertive, but in the right manner, there's nothing wrong with being assertive. Right. Assertive, but you also have to remember the care aspect. And like you said, with your previous employers, um, or previous bosses, the ones that I always remember, the ones who oh, cared, yeah. the ones who genuinely cared and, and really cared about you as a person, cared about your family yeah. outside of what you can do and your output, you know, because if you show someone that you care, they're going to produce so much more versus if you're, you know, someone is working underneath someone out of fear, there's a cap to that. And it's also sabotage associated yeah. with that, right? So if you have the assertiveness, if you do the posture, you establish your posture, you establish your boundaries, and then you add care to it, that's almost a good recipe. No one's going to get it right yeah. every time. And people learn about one another. That's the thing about construction. You have so many different backgrounds, religions, education from the guy digging the hole to the guy designing the plans and the woman writing the contracts of the law to protect the contractors to, you know, the woman director. It's all of us. And we all have to learn how to play in the sandbox well and understand the boundaries through communication, whether it's your team or the other teams. Yeah, that's right. Oh, goodness. Thank you so much for that. Because I know that when I saw that post, I said, oh, my goodness, if I didn't struggle with this at some point in my life, and you still struggle, because whenever you go into a new position or a new area or a new company, it starts all over again. Who are these people? Who am I? How do I get in? How do I fit in? How do I, you know, get to the point of establishing trust all the Mm -hmm. way around? So Thank you so much. I I want you to uh, give advice to any um, women in construction who who may be struggling with this as well. Yeah. So once you become a leadership position and you're starting to feel yourself, you know, you need to speak up about something with one of your teammates or a contractor, but you're worried it's going to cause, you know, some ripple effects or they're not going to like you anymore. First, do the homework of asking yourself just for that day of like, well, what am I fear about of not being liked? And um, one side of the paper, write the reasons why. And the other side, have it be the rebuttal. So it can be, this person's no longer going to want to work with me. And then the other side can be, well, if you come off in the right manner, maybe they'll understand where you're coming from. And this could work out for the better and not have any issues. The other side, um, you know, I want to be liked all the time because, you know, as a child, I didn't have any friends and I'm, I'm fearful that no one's going to want to work on my teams anymore or work for my company. Other side, well, we're adults now. We have this. So I would say I do that a lot in my life with an issue. I do that one side and then I do the other. And then at the end of it, I come down to like all my fears out on paper and a conclusion of it. And so once you get that right feeling, then go into the situation. And if you aren't good at bringing up tough topics or an issue having, you need to go to a mentor or you need to have a sounding board. So for me, I'm a maverick according to this one test. And Mm -hmm. I used to go in guns a blazing with conversations. And then I went to the extreme other side of passive. I, I was trying to find my balance. So one of my mentors and friends is very like calm, level headed, 
great at analyzing things. And I just said, all right, I need you to practice with me. Like, here's the situation. Here's how I want to come off. Here's what I want to say. Like, let's practice. And they would give me constructive feedback. Like, whoa, you can't say that. Or Mm -hmm. you need to watch your tone of voice or, Hey, like your body language, it's telling something different. And so it took me practice and time to do that. But Mm -hmm. then once I started seeing the outcome of these conversations come out really well, I knew I was doing something right. Because that's the thing is like, you want to bring it up and you want the conversation or whatever the issue is to be resolved in a manner that benefits you both. And so once I started seeing that, I was like, oh, I'm getting better at this. But it takes practice. It takes practice. It really does. You're not going to be liked by everyone. I think there's a study where it's like 10% of people that meet you, they're just not going to like you for some reason. Maybe remind them of their stepmom or their aunt or vice versa. But for some reason, they're not going to like you for subconscious reasons. And that's not your problem. So I always tell everyone like, you're not going to be liked by everyone, even 10% of people that just meet you for the first time. Yes, that's good. That's good insight. That's really good information. I know people are going to be blessed by this and and they have to remember that it is what it is, (laughs) right? You just can't please everybody. And it's just like contractors that you work with. You may have a contractor that you work with on one project and they're just doing a wonderful job. You work with them on another project. They didn't meet the mark. You can't use that one bad job to establish that's just how they are. You know, everybody's going to have their own input and understanding of the company and the people there. And, you know, everyone's experience is different. So you just go about life, just what you said, those using those tools, using the people that you have in your life, your sounding board. And I like that you said, you know, draw a line on the paper, flip the sides and say, Hey, you know, what are my issues? And how, what is my rebuttal to it? I really like that. It's going to, that's really good. Yeah. I had to make a really tough decision last week. I actually fired an employee. She was doing the job great, but every conversation we had, it just wasn't the right outcome. And I felt she wasn't growing with our culture of the company. And I also felt not the fact that she didn't like me. She didn't respect me. And to me, respect is earned, not given. And no matter what I did, I couldn't earn this person's respect. And so we had many conversations. I decided to pull the plug because here's the thing. Back then... I was like, no, this is going to work out. They're going to change. They don't. And it doesn't. And as a leader and a boss, you have to make tough decisions. And I had to make a tough one before I invested too much time into this person. And before she's she spent time in, committed into the company where I was the one as a leader to rip the Band-Aid off. And I did. And so, yeah. Yes. And at the end of the day, I've heard this before that you also helped her because she would have been miserable. She was. She was starting to get miserable and it it was the right thing to do. So that's why I said is you can't fear being liked all the time because sometimes you have to make even those tough decisions or it gets worse in the end if you don't do it. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciated this discussion. I know somebody is going through this today and it's going to bless them. (laughs) Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more about how we can find you and your company. Okay. Uh, my website is www.pss, like Paul Sam Sam, com, And then my Instagram is mama underscore preneur. And I'm on LinkedIn, Natasha Melendrez. And yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> Sounds great, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you. Thank you to my guests for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to MIC. Please be sure to check us out every Thursday and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're using so that you don't miss an episode when we drop. 
Remember, being a mom in this industry is about making sacrifices, but you do not have to sacrifice your dreams. If someone else has done it, you can as well. Do what you got to do and make it happen.